Hello again and welcome to Board Cards, the number one board prep podcast on the internet. As always, I'm your host, Everett Scott. Today we're going to begin our three-part series on cardiology. About 40 cards to get through. That would make it a two-part podcast. Maybe there's more. We'll see. Kicking it off. First card. A newborn presents with delay of the femoral pulse compared to the radial pulse. What cardiac condition does this indicate? Well, it's the coarctation of the aorta. Uh, COA is the abbreviation. Abnormalities of arterial pulses can indicate significant cardiac anomalies. Significant delay or even absence of the femoral pulse compared to the radial pulse indicates COA. The more you know. Next card. In children, which is more likely to be abnormal? A third heart sound, which is an S3, or a fourth heart sound, S4? Answer is S4. An S3 can be normal in children, but an S4 is almost always abnormal in children. An S4 can be heard with aortic stenosis, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, heart failure, and hypertension with the left ventricular hypertrophy. That last one almost slipped me up, but I think I pulled it off. Next card. A seven-year-old boy presents for a camp physical. The following is found. First symptom is systolic injection murmur with a vibratory or musical character. The second is the murmur is heard best at the LLSB and not in the back. And the last indication is that the murmur decreases markedly with positional changes that decrease with venous return. The question is, what is the most likely murmur? It's a stills murmur. Stills murmur is very common in childhood. It usually has a musical quality and some say it sounds like a plucked string instrument or a kazoo. It is the most common innocent murmur in children beyond the newborn period. Next question. What is the most common benign murmur of infancy? It's the physiologic peripheral pulmonary stenosis, also known as PPS. Physiologic PPS is the most common murmur of infancy and is not pathological. The murmur is due to turbulence caused by two factors. The first, the branch pulmonary arteries being smaller compared to the main pulmonary artery, and second, the sharp angle of origin of the branch arteries off the main pulmonary artery. A soft, harsh systolic ejection murmur is best heard at the base of the heart, the axilla, and in both the right and left hemithoraces. By 12 months of age, the branch pulmonary arteries become larger and the angle of origin off the main pulmonary artery widens, causing the murmur to disappear. Next card. A seven-year-old boy presents with a continuous murmur with the following qualities. The first is a low-pitched sound. 
Second is absent when the patient is supine. And third and last is turning of the head, valsalva maneuver, or compression of the jugular vein make the murmur go away. The question is, what is the most likely murmur? Answer is a venous hum or venous hum. Venous hum is due to blood draining down the collapsing jugular veins into the larger intrathoracic veins. The high velocity makes the vein walls flutter, resulting in a low-pitched murmur. It is absent when the patient is supine because the neck veins distend and there is no pressure gradient between the two areas. Venous hum is an innocent murmur and very common in childhood. Next card reads, an infant fails the newborn hearing screen and on the ECG has a prolonged QT interval. What is the likely diagnosis? Well, it's a syndrome to give you a hint. It's Dravel and Lang-Nielsen syndrome. Dravel and Lang-Nielsen syndrome is an autosomal recessive disorder with deafness at birth and a prolonged QT interval. Your next card asks, peaked T waves are seen in which electrolyte abnormality? It's hyperkalemia. Potassium is vital for regulating the normal electrical activity of the heart. Hyperkalemia, a serum potassium concentration greater than the upper limit of the normal range, can result in large peaked T waves. Progressive hyperkalemia causes the following ECG changes. First is progressive lengthening of the PR and QRS intervals, then second, loss of a P wave plus QRS widening, and finally, third, ventricular fibrillation or cardiac standstill. Next card, an ECG is done on a two-week-old boy because of a possible enlarged heart. The ECG shows tall R wave and negative T wave in lead B6. The question asks, what do these findings infer? It's left ventricular hypertrophy, or LVH. A tell R wave in V6 is consistent with LVH, and the negative T wave after seven days of life is consistent with LVH and strain. Next question. On an ECG, you see progressive prolongation of the PR interval until there is a dropped QRS, ventricular beat. What type, or sorry, what is this type of conduction disturbance called? It's called Mobitz 1, aka Wankbach, Wankybach. This type of two-degree atrioventricular AV block is primarily caused by increased vagal tone on the AV node and is generally not progressive or malignant. It rarely requires treatment. Next question. 
on an ECG, you note normal PR intervals, but following every other P wave, there is a dropped QRS, ventricular beat. What conduction disturbance is there? It's the two-degree atrioventricular block, also known as Mobitz II. Mobitz II in higher-grade heart block implies disease of the his Prinkage conduction system and is abnormal. Pacemakers may be required if the patient is uh, symptomatic or if average heart rate falls very low. That last sentence actually read, or if average heart rates are very low. I made up words, sorry. Next card. A four-month-old infant presents with tachycardia and respiratory distress. An ECG is done and shows a narrow complex rhythm with a rate of 240 beats per minute. Wow! What maneuver can be done to slow the ventricular rate and potentially return the child to normal sinus rhythm? The answer is a vagal maneuver, the diving seal reflex. Place an, uh, place an ice bag on the infant's face for 20 to 10 seconds. Superventricular tachycardia, SVT, is the most common tachycardia in children. Vagal maneuvers, like the diving seal reflex as described here with ice, are useful in getting children out of this arrhythmia. If this is not successful, use IV adenosine. 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 If the child is unstable, treat with direct current cardioversion. Avoid verapamil in infants under one year of age. That one had an exclamation mark, so I'm going to read it again. Avoid verapamil in infants under one year of age. Next card. A 15-year-old boy presents with a history of palpitations. He is otherwise asymptomatic, and his physical examination is normal. An ECG is done, which is normal, as well as a three-minute rhythm strip. During the rhythm strip, he has multiple simple premature ventricular contractions, PVCs. Or PVCs, yeah. What is the best treatment for this boy? Well, just simple reassurance. Simple PVCs do not require any therapy except for reassurance or avoidance of precipitating factors such as caffeine. Next question asks, what is the most common congenital heart lesion? It's ventricular septal defect, VSD. VSD is a left-to-right shunt defect where blood from the systemic left ventricle shunts to the pulmonary, the right ventricle, through a defect in the ventricular septum. It is the most common congenital heart defect recognized in the first few years of life and makes up 25-30% to 30 of cases of congenital heart lesions in term newborns. Pulmonic stenosis, atrial septal defect, and patent ductus Arteriosclerosis are the next most common. Fuck that word. Arteriosis. Whatever.
Next card. Lithium use in pregnancy is associated with what cardiac abnormality? I'll give you another hint. It starts with someone's name. It's Epstein anomaly. Oh, anomaly. Anomaly of the tricuspid valve. EA is rare, but is associated with lithium use by pregnant women. With EA, the posterior and septal leaflets of the tricuspid valve are displaced downward and attached to the right ventricle wall. Look for a huge right atrium on the ECG with wall-to-wall -wall heart shadow on the CXR in the symptomatic newborn. Next question. A two-month-old girl presents with continuous machinery-like murmur that can increase in intensity on the late systole, and second, the murmur is best heard below the left clavicle over the main pulmonary artery. The question is, what is the most likely diagnosis? It's a patent ductus arteriosus which is PDA. I still know how to, if I'm pronouncing this right. Arteriosis. Arteriosis. I'm pretty sure that's right and I'm sticking with it. The ductus arteriosus normally closes within 10 to 15 hours of birth, although complete anatomic closure may not occur until three weeks. If the ductus remains open, it is called PDA. PDA can occur in all infants and the cause is not always known. Premature infants, like those weighing less than 1,750 grams, have clinically apparent PDA about 40 to 70 percent of the time. Children with PDA present with a continuous murmur, which is described as a rumbling or machinery-like murmur, and commonly increases in intensity in the late systole. Next card. A four-week-old infant presents with the first of three symptoms. The first is breathing fast, according to the mother. The second is a holosystolic murmur that is high-pitched, heard best at the lower left sternal border. And third, a palpable thrill. What is the most likely diagnosis? It's ventricular septal defect, VSD. VSD is the left to right shunt where blood from the systemic left ventricle shunts to the pulmonary right ventricle through a defect in the ventricular septum. It is most common, sorry, it is the most common congenital heart defect recognized in the first few years of life, making up 25 to 30% of cases of congenital heart lesions in term newborns. VSD is initially detected by finding a murmur commonly described as harsh or high-pitched. If the infant presents at three to four weeks breathing harder and with a new murmur, think VSD. As the pulmonary resistance drops over the first month of light, more blood flows across the VSD, leading to heart failure. Question. A 12-year-old is referred by a school nurse for a murmur evaluation, and they present with the four following symptoms. The S1 is normal, 
the S2 is widely split and does not vary with respiration. The third is the murmur is a systolic injection murmur that is crescendo-decrescendo and heard best at the upper left sternal border. And the fourth and last symptom is the CXR and ECG both show right atrial and right ventricular enlargement and right axis deviation. What is the most likely diagnosis? So S1 is normal, S2 is widely split and does not vary. Uh, the murmur is systolic with a crescendo and decrescendo. Um, and it's best at the upper left sternal border in the chest x-ray and EKG. Both show the right vitreal and right ventricular enlargement and the right axis deviation. It's an ostium secundum type of atrial septal defect, ASD. Ostium secundum defects are the most common form of ASD and are located in the mid-symptom. Classically, look for the fixed split S2, commonly described as the S2 is widely split without uh, respiratory variation. Right atrial hypertrophy and right ventricular hypertrophy are also common with long-standing disease. Differentiate the ostium sectum defect from the ostium primum defect by finding the left axis deviation in the latter and the right uh, axis deviation in the former. The ostium primum defect may also present with physical findings of mitral or sorry mitral insufficiency. ASDs are twice as common in females as in males. Next card. What is the most common heart defect in Down syndrome? Trisomy 21. Answer is complete atrioventricular canal defect. Complete AV canal defect, aka endocardial cushion or AV septal defect is frequently seen in children with trisomy 21. Complete AV canal defect involves failure of the central heart to develop, resulting in a large hole communicating between the atria and ventricles, as well as malformation of the tricuspid and mitral valves. These infants most often present with heart failure by two months of age. Question. A 14-year-old boy newly adopted from Romania presents for initial evaluation due to fatigue and exercise intolerance. You note a high-pitched early diastolic decrescendo murmur that begins with the aortic component of the second heart sound. Also, there is a low-pitched mid-eisystolic murmur at the apex. I'm going to read that again. There is a low-pitched mid diastolic murmur at the apex. Yeah, that makes more sense. What is the most likely heart defect? It's aortic regurgitation, or AR. AR presents with a high-pitched early diastolic decrescendo murmur. If severe, it can be accompanied by an Austin Flint murmur, which is a low-pitched mid-diastolic murmur at the apex, representing relative mitral stenosis as well. Rheumatic fever is a major cause in Eastern European countries. 
we'll do two more cards and this will most likely be a three-parter next card reads a 13 year old boy presents with mid to late systolic murmur at the apex the murmur is preceded by one or more clicks and if the patient goes from a supine to standing position the murmur gets louder when he squats oh sorry <clears throat> Uh, if a patient goes from a supine to standing position, the murmur gets louder. When he squats, the murmur becomes softer. What is the most likely diagnosis? I'll read that again because I jacked up the card. So, middle ice systolic murmur at the apex. The murmur is preceded by one or more clicks. And then when he goes from supine to standing, it gets louder. When he squats, it comes softer. Answer is mitral valve prolapse, or MVP. MVP occurs when one or both leaflets of the mitral valve prolapse back into the left atrium in systole. So, for a mid to late systolic murmur that gets louder with sanding, think MVP. On the other hand, for an early systolic murmur that gets louder on sanding, think hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. We'll actually make this one the last card. It reads, an asymptomatic 10-year-old presents with the four following findings. The first, a systolic injection click, which varies with respiration along the left sternal border. Second, after the click, a crescendo-decrescendo murmur, best heard at the uh, left upper sternal border. Third, the murmur radiates to below the left clavicle and to the back. Fourth and last, the ECG shows peaked P wave in lead to right access deviation and right ventricular hypertrophy. Question is, what is the most likely diagnosis? Answer is pulmonary stenosis, PS. PS is the second most common congenital cardiac defect recognized early in life. The click and murmur are commonly the only abnormalities noted in a child with asymptomatic PS. Peaked P waves in lead 2 indicate right atrial enlargement and tall R waves in V1 and V2 signal, RVH. If the stenosis is mild, no therapy is required. If more severe, then these children may need pulmonary balloon valvoplasty or surgical valvotomy. All right, those last two kind of kicked me off on a bad note. So I'm gonna do one more. Question asked, Alleg nope, I can't pronounce that, we're done. All right, thanks for sticking by the podcast. I will find out how to pronounce this next card and I will see you guys next time. <laughs>